0: Let's get some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I want to know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I want to play.
1: Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan.
0: And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing the film The Way We Were. And joining us today is our special guest,
1: Cindy Beagle.
0: Hey, Cindy. Hi.
1: Welcome (laughs) to the show. (laughs) Nice to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us. We're very excited to chat with you today. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world, Cindy?
2: So I've had a long career as a sitcom writer. So I worked in a lot of classic shows that people now seem to love again. Yeah. Yeah. And then the most recent thing I did was a kid show, which is Disney's Muppet Babies. I did something for them. Awesome.
0: Fantastic. So you mentioned a lot of shows. Can you give us a couple examples?
2: Sure. Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, The Jeffersons, Alice, Head of the Class, Married with Children. About 30 shows at least. Yeah.
0: Wow, That's that's quite a resume.
1: Yeah. And a lot like... <laughs> A lot of those are those classic sitcoms, which oh, yeah. is really interesting. We haven't talked to someone who's done a lot of sitcom writing, so this is really cool because um, that's a really classic TV format now that oh, I think yeah. is sort of sort of coming back,
0: popular on you yeah. know, streaming platforms yeah, for definitely.
1: sure. So, could you tell us more about like your path, like how you ended up writing for all these shows? So, I wanted to be a broadcast
2: journalist. Oh, cool! And then I picked a graduate school that. I enrolled in and then they didn't have any broadcast journalist um, oh, no. classes, but they had writing for media oh, cool. in college. I was a phys ed major, but on this side, it was on the radio station and the newspaper. And I, I like media. Yeah. I liked exciting things. I like stuff like that. So when I took the media writing class, this is a weird story because I wrote a Laverne and Shirley in the class and it had oh, just God. gone on the wow. air. Oh my God. And that was also my second spec in in the second class that I took. So if I had a crystal ball, I would have Mm -hmm. seen three years later, I would have been on staff of Laverne and Shirley. But when I wrote it, I didn't know that. So I'm the kind of person that could give good advice because I knew nobody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wrote it. It was just an assignment.
1: Uh Fantastic. So
0: a spec script is, um, correct me if I'm wrong. It's a a script that you, it's not an actual script, but it's sort of a sample, but in the style of that TV show, right?
2: Yeah. It's on on speculation, you know, is what it stands for. Uh, nowadays, um, people still write on spec, but for fellowships, you know, and and contests that will accept them. But if they want to be on staff, Most people want a pilot because there are so many shows now Mm -hmm. that the producers don't know all the shows. So they might, that's why if it's original, you're explaining everything. There's nobody that could possibly know all the shows that are on. In those days, there were three networks and then there was a fourth network. Mm -hmm. So pretty much everybody would have heard of whatever your spec was. And then it, it changed to where people also back then started to write pilots. They wanted to see something original and they wanted to see if you could capture a voice that somebody else came up with, because that's a a talent in itself.
1: Oh, awesome. I never thought about that, like, especially today. Like, if you don't know the show, a spec script doesn't really mean much to you because you have no idea if they captured the style of the show or not. So that's really interesting.
0: So how did you make the transition from, you know, going to class and learning these things to actually being hired on the, on the show?
2: One of the things that is so great about when you're younger is that you have no idea that people could say no. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so if, if you're confident, like I was based on nothing really, but if, you, if you're confident, you truly believe that that script is going to sell them. I, I actually thought that. And I, did tell everybody that I knew where I worked or friends. I want to be a TV writer. I want to write on Laverne and Shirley. So my mother uh, was talking to a friend of hers who asked about me and she said, I wanted to write for Laverne and Shirley. And she said, oh, that's funny. My nephew writes for them. Wow. It was just this odd coincidence. Wow. I, didn't, I did not know him. And I was going out to LA for a two week vacation with names and numbers that people gave me and his was on the the list of about five or six people. Nice. And so I I went out for that vacation and he was the last person that I called. I called everybody else. I called an entertainment lawyer, went out for for dinner. Well, that was the one that I was afraid to call because it was, it was like scary to me. Yeah. Right. That was the one that when I called him, actually what is really interesting about him. So his name is Babalu Mandel and his, partner is Lowell Ganz and they wrote, you know, a lot of the Gary Marshall shows, but they became screenwriters and they would just nominated for a Tony this last week. They didn't win, but they had a Tony nomination Awesome! and they wrote, you know, uh, splash and city slickers and, you know, yeah. all of these really great, these, these big movies, but it was him. And and I went over and gave my script to him. He read it. He gave it to his boss who was Lowell at the time who, who co-created Laverne and Shirley. Wow. And then, he, he let me go to Paramount, sit with him in the writer's meetings and stuff. I mean, this was a, a total stranger. Yeah. Total stranger to me. And then I, and then Lowell read the script and said, I'll meet with you and talk to you about it. And I had two scripts at that point. It, it was like the best day of my life. I go to Paramount, you know, and meeting a, the creator, uh, the co-creator of the show and sitting on the fancy side of the commissary, which is yeah. really fun. You get all the stars and the movie stars come in there. And, and he sat with me, and, and it was funny, it was, like I said, I was in graduate school still, so I was taking notes because that was my thesis. So I was just writing down every, I still have those pages of everything he oh, said that's in cool. scripts. Oh, wow. scripts. this is the important thing that everybody could use, this advice. Mm-hmm. He said to me, "You have no idea what a story is." at all <laughs> he stories stories have a beginning a middle and an end and you have five stories you have five themes mm-hmm. and then he went through the show and he said these are the themes that we use in the show you know it's like uh, laverne and shirley it's about friendship yeah. or them getting dates or the little guy against the a big guy you know he gave me right. these, these themes and then he said but you have one thing that i don't see very often he said you're funny and that's a gift you can't teach a gift. That's, that's something that you have, but you can teach writing and you can teach format. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's something that that you'll learn. So he said, you should be a writer. He said, but you need to move to LA. So I did. I mean, I I worked for another two years. I saved my money. I wrote more scripts.
1: So it really shows the importance. I mean, I feel like this is something people can use today. Like just being clear about what you want to do. Cause Mm -hmm. like when people ask what you want to do like i want to be a writer and i want to write comedy i want to write you know for Lover and chile specifically for this type of tv i think that's really important to just be clear about your goals because then people know how to help you
2: yeah you know um that hasn't changed there's some yeah. things that we could get into that are very different now yeah but um some of the things are the same as having a mentor who can take you in that bypasses the writer's assistant path and then when you have that sick feeling inside and you're scared to call somebody or do it. Yeah, you know it's a little easier now. Again, texting, and you have emailing, and you have other ways to contact people. Then you had to call them. <laughs> and was, you know, I feel sick dialing that phone, going. I don't know. Yeah, sure.
0: So when you are working in a writer's room, what's that process look like? Are you guys writing together? Are you on your own? You know, what's that day to day look like? Or does it is it different depending on the show?
2: You know, it's different depending upon the show, but it's funny. Gary Marshall supposedly started these writer's rooms that I, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. Most shows with comedies do have a writer's room. It seems like a lot of people like working that way. Some shows don't work that way, but uh, you know, there's big table. Everybody sits around it. This, the staffs now don't look to me to be as big as they used to be. You know, in Laverne and Shirley, there could be 14 people. Oh, wow. wow. In a table. And now it looks like more like six, eight people, you know, d- depending. Mm-hmm. And they uh, have a writer's assistant. And let's say, you know, that day they're coming up with breaking stories. So everybody sits around, you know, they, they might even tell you ahead of time, come in with story ideas. Okay. You know, and, they, and sometimes... You write your own story, but sometimes somebody else is up next, and, and your story that you pitched and you really like to do, somebody else might get that story because everybody has a different deal. Some people get to write two episodes, depending upon. Some people get to write no episodes. It, it depends what kind of deal you have. Okay, right. And um, so then you know you you pitch that, then they they assign the writer, and then together usually you you break down the story and you take a day or two to, you know, a couple of days to to uh, flesh it out. Everybody knows what's in it. If it's a comedy, you're pitching a lot of jokes. So when that writer goes off or team goes off, they know what's going to be in the script. Then, you you know, you have like a week to write it, depending. And then uh, some shows give you a second draft, some don't. Mm-hmm. A second draft is good if you, you're on a show like that, because at least you get to write more and have a little bit more input. Then um, the staff gets hold of it. Everybody has their notes and they rewrite it together. I see. Everybody's pitching jokes and you could be stuck on a line for five hours. (laughs) Or somebody. Sometimes they send one or two writers off to write a scene because it's just getting so late. It's just faster. Uh, Or I've been on shows where they send somebody out on a line and say give us five jokes here five choices and they come back and they have to read it to the room who's just sitting there it it depends where you were i mean like i'm married with children i did a freelance script they were very strict about that they had you tape it you had to record it wow interesting and they want if they pitched a joke they wanted that joke to be in there and and they recorded it also and they'd go back and they would listen to the tapes to, to find that to find that joke. Wow. So, but what happens in the rewrite process is the person whose name is on it frequently has nothing in the script. So, oh, you know, wild. that person could win an Emmy. Yeah. And they'd have nothing in the script. And that's very common. Yeah. And it's just, just rewritten so much. Yeah. And then what happens is you have a reading, you know, when it, you know, then the producers take passes at it. It'll have a million different versions. And yeah. then, then you have a reading uh, where the actors and the writers and, you know, sit around and uh, read the script for the, the first time. And then you'll have production people because they also need to know what their role is. Right. And what they need to do. And so then that's the opportunity that the actors first give their notes. If they're nice, it's pleasant. <laughs> if it's not nice, they might throw things. Which oh, I God. <laughs> and then the network and the studio give their notes and those are usually not so pleasant and then there's usually creates fights then you go back and you stay all night to rewrite it and then you'll and then they have like a day to uh block it and then then they have us come back it's called a run through and then they they're still looking at their scripts and they're giving you a rough idea of what it's going to look like and then where there are no laughs you know and that Sometimes people say they didn't say it right. Let yeah. them try it again. Sure. You know? yeah. and, and each day, then you have a network run through and then you have camera blocking with the cameras. So then that takes you through the whole week. And then you have this. is I'm talking about, of course, a multi-camera show. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if you want to talk, I've worked on many single camera shows, too, which is done in a, in a completely different fashion. Wow. But that, that, you know, I think you want to hear a little bit about the classic stuff is how yeah. Yeah. How, how they did it. And then occasionally they have stuff now, right? So mm-hmm. I think some of the Chuck Lorre shows, right? Aren't yeah.
0: They? yeah, they still use multi-camera, yeah.
2: Yeah, it, w- it would be done in the same way, okay. I'm sure.
0: You've worked on a lot of different projects. Yes. I mean, you've, you've uh, written movies, sitcoms, even animation you mentioned. What's the difference between writing for those different kinds of things?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. The, the thing that's similar that's always similar is a good story Mm. that that doesn't change. What could change from show, you know, like I was hired to do a sequel for the bad news bears movie and it was Mm -hmm. a movie. Yeah. So they had a division that was called paramount famous where they took mean girls and they took a bunch of their old properties and they wanted to, you know, redo them and stuff. And I was hired to do that. And I started to get really nervous because I hadn't written a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it worked on the Flintstones movie, and I could talk about that. But that was more—that was a group of us writing. Yeah. This was, just, you know, me and the producer director. Oh, wow! And, um, so and it was also instead of about baseball. It was about soccer, and I oh, had to yeah. learn soccer in three yeah. days, well <laughs> enough to write it.
1: That's wild.
2: So, <laughs> so that's where my phys ed came in. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true.
1: Yeah, hey, that came perfect. That. <laughs> I never
2: played soccer, unfortunately. Asked me for volleyball, I could have done it. <laughs> but uh, so you know, I was very very excited to get a feature, and and the, and the other thing that was so cool is we went back to Paramount. He was my boss on the first thing thirty years before, oh, and we were on the same lot together. Cool. It was a really fantastic yeah uh, thing. But I started to get very nervous because yeah. I thought first of all I don't even know soccer and I have to know it well. Yeah, and then I never wrote a movie. So I said to him, you know, I, I, after like the prime, you know we met with them and it was, you know, we had a really good story that we pitched. Then I said to him, I don't, I, I don't think I could do this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I never wrote a movie. I, how am I going to do this? And I had three weeks. I left that part out too. Oh my god! No. And I had two weeks for the first draft and one week to polish. Oh my Did god! That? That's how, wild. Am I, how am I going to do this? And so. Um, he said to me, It's three half hours. You yeah. know yeah. how to oh, do this. Okay. Yeah, you know how to do this. It's three half hours. And he said, I'm gonna give you a bunch of stuff to watch, DVDs to watch on soccer, something yeah. that's called goal. And you know, you'll learn it. You have three days to learn it. At first, it was like I got really scared. And he said, the soccer, I, I'll help you yeah. walk you through the drills and stuff, but I learned it, I had to learn it and I learned it really fast and I really, I didn't know corner kick, I didn't know what any of these things yeah. were. Bicycle kick, it's like, oh, what's that? <laughs> learned, it, learned it really, really fast. And he helped me, um, you know, map out the, the matches. He, he did, he helped me, I, I couldn't have done that alone. And it came out really good and the studio loved it. And I was so excited. And they started doing a uh, location scouting and stuff. And then in the middle of this, they closed the division.
0: Oh they no. What?
2: Division. Yeah. They closed the division. You learned yeah, soccer. soccer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got paid. That's true. What a bummer. <sighs> yeah. 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 But, it, but I learned something. I learned so yeah. much. Yeah. I, I learned so much from doing that. And then he got a second movie. He goes, do you want to do another movie? Another movie? You go yeah, what's this one? He goes, Beethoven. I go, yeah, we work up a story. It's really good. And then he calls me and he says, and this is so typical show business. He said, would you mind if I cancel the meeting? And I go, why? He goes, because they want Beethoven to talk. Beethoven doesn't talk. The
1: dog? Like... <laughs> It's, I assume this is a remake of Beethoven.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had directed the original. Yeah. So they wanted him to do another one, and but, then I would write it, but-
0: But then he would start talking? Dog.
2: They wanted a talking Beethoven. And he goes, no way. That's, and, yeah. and he goes, I'm not even going to the meeting. And, and so that was another, that was like yeah. a crazy, yeah, typical crazy thing. I would've let the
1: dog talk. I, I would sure. <laughs> I can write lines for the dog. <laughs> so do you have any moments from your career that is either just a favorite moment or just a really unbelievable moment where you're like i can't believe this is my job that i get to do every day there's so many yeah. of those moments, but i'm gonna give you one that i know that you'll like yeah so
2: i was on mork and mindy cool and i <laughs> one day there was a uh, I was parking my car and i got out of the car and the lot was very big and this particular place that that it's a very cool area of paramount Where there's a fake sky and like when you go there it's giant it's a giant billboard and sometimes it matches the sky and sometimes it doesn't and and where they park the cars um they they used to do this They, they would never do this anymore they would remove the cars and they would fill it with water and they and famous movies that would have battles with ships they would shoot it like that. Now everything wow. is CG, yeah. so that would never happen anymore. But it was pretty cool on those days. Yeah. That you would move your car, and they would have these 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 models. These big yeah.
0: Models.
2: So anyway, I was parking in that lot this day, and I am walking to the rehearsal uh, room, which is pretty kind of far away from where this is. And I hear somebody say, uh, "Wait up!" And there's like nobody around. And I turn around, and I see it's Robin Williams. You know, and I, and uh, I'm thinking like, why would he like me <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, like, I, I just turned around thinking, um, you know, I don't want to look foolish and standing away, the and there's nobody there, and it's me so he he catches up, and now it's we're together, and um I can't believe that I'm walking with Bob you know even being yeah. on this, even being on the show, it would be right. really really fun. and I'm doing all the talking <laughs> <Not> <laughs> And you don't really know, you know, it's a long walk. Yeah. And he wanted me to wait. And I don't know why, because he had absolutely nothing to say. So I'm asking him about, like, what are you going to do in the summer? I'm asking him all this stuff. And it, it is like a miserable walk for me. <laughs> we, we, we go into the um, rehearsal hall. And he he opens the door. And everybody's waiting, you know, around the table.
1: Yeah.
2: And a light, a, a like a light flips And he's funny and he's running around, he's making all these jokes because he needed an audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just one person. Right. (laughs) That wasn't really fun. And and to continue that, this didn't happen that day. Yeah. This was also like a really great day. And and again, it was early in my career Mm -hmm. and a lot of people in that room, everybody wanted to be in that room. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a joke and he fell off his chair laughing. Oh my God. And th- that, you know, I th- had a couple of big jokes in that script. And again, you know, you didn't really have that many when you were new, really. And so if you if you had one, everybody turned around. The writers knew. Everybody oh always God. knew who wrote what joke. Yeah. And like, I, you know, that day it was like it was like winning an Emmy. Yeah. 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 I mean, what
1: what incredible validation? <laughs> That's incredible amazing
2: validation. You know, that was another moment that was just like really special because he yeah. was really still really big you know he was yeah. even though he, he hadn't done a movie career yet mm-hmm. he was he was huge and he was funny yeah. he was so funny that if you can make somebody like him laugh that was like wow so that was really yeah was, that was a really good moment that's very that's cool. an
0: amazing story <laughs> cool well cindy we have one more question for you before we move on to talk about our movie
2: april 29th that's my birthday
0: thank you oh yeah that's exactly what and you actually, you've already given us a lot of good advice, but what other advice do you have for writers or people who are interested in getting into the, whether it's a writer's room or freelancing or, or just the industry in general, what advice do you have for those folks?
2: I'm one of the people that believes that, that moving to L.A. is easier
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: than other places, but there are people, particularly because of Zoom rooms, mm-hmm. um, have opportunities now that they wouldn't have before. They're, they're drying up a bit. Because some some shows are coming back. Right. So I don't want to say that there are. You know, I did I did a show once in New York. So, um, you know, it it you know it does happen. And there are and not everything's a comedy. Certainly, people are mm-hmm. working in Atlanta and 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 Canada certainly has tons of uh, opportunities there. It still it comes down to networking. Yeah, definitely. In all these different ways. So that's why when I say about being in L. A. Yes, you can network. You're doing the thing. That's great. You have, you have a podcast. You meet people. That's the way you do it where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. But somebody today told me a great story. This would never happen anywhere else. She lives in L.A. She was in a, a store shopping. She runs into another woman. They start chatting. This woman ends up. She runs. Uh, she's showrunner. Yeah. Uh, like a Netflix show, drama. She, they start talking. She says, I want to be a writer. She says, send me your script. She sends her script. She goes, I love the script. So when we come back, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to submit, you know, your, your script. She's the showrunner. She probably could say yes. Yeah. She said, how would that ever happen right? anywhere
1: else? It's yeah. just,
2: and there are those kinds of things that you can't do from afar, but what right. you're doing is brilliant mm-hmm. because you're bringing people right into your home. <laughs> and you're both charming and nice and sweet and and, and that's 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, Sydney. Well, let's get to our featured film. Today we're discussing the nineteen seventy-three romantic drama The Way We Were. It was written by Arthur Lorenz, as well as a long list of uncredited writers, and it was directed by Sydney Pollack. It stars Barbara Streisand, Robert Redford, and it won the Oscars for Best Music of Original Song and Best Music of Original Dramatic Score. So, Susan, before we get into it, can you give us a quick breakdown? What's this movie about?
1: Yeah. So this uh, really follows uh, the story and the romance of Katie Murawski and Hubble Gardner. They meet at college. Uh, Katie is this very outspoken, very politically active woman. She doesn't necessarily fit into like the classic all-American college scene. Um, And we see that really established at the beginning. Hubble Gardner is like classic blonde American college boy. (laughs) He's good at sports. He's really popular, but they kind of collide on this campus and they really connect. Um, Hubble's a really good writer uh, and they really connect over that. And she, I think she's surprised by that. And I think he really is drawn to her activism and her outspokenness, even though it's the opposite of everything in his life. Her life, she challenges a lot of people. He's pretty go with the flow when she meets him. Um, His life's relatively easy especially being just like this handsome college boy doesn't have a lot of obstacles uh and we see them meet in college and then they kind of you know they drift apart he goes into the military she starts working in radio and then they reconnect um and that's when their romance really starts they meet i think they meet up at a bar right that's where they kind of reconnect and at first he's just kind of in and out in this of the city then they really get serious um they do break up a few times throughout the film they're just I think mostly because they're so opposite. Uh, what's really interesting that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, are these deleted scenes. I guess uh, that Cindy you sent us, and they totally change the tone of a lot of this movie. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, we'll um, get to that.
1: So yeah, I really want to get into really talking about the plot. But um, and,
0: and w- even though this movie came out in 1973, it's important to note that the movie takes place between mm-hmm. the 1930s oh, yeah. and the 1950s. Yes. Um, so Cindy, you chose this film for us to watch. Why did you choose the way we were?
2: Well, you know, um, I saw it when it first came out (laughs) and I, and I worked in a movie theater. Awesome. uh, And so I watched it a thousand times. Yeah. (laughs) I just watched it over and over (laughs) again. And, and, and I just loved it. And one of the things that I I love about this movie, obviously, I just love the romance and Robert Radford and all that and and the opposites because I was more like her. I was more mm-hmm. the activist type, you know, so that if I dated somebody who wasn't, they just didn't understand. Yeah, the thing that I love about the movie, it's about McCarthyism.
1: Mm-hmm. yes
2: and that, and censorship. and uh, you know that that was a really I wasn't there when it happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I know about it. and, and you know, uh, people were or or were blacklisted and yeah. they careers. and then they they had people put fake names on on scripts and the Writers Guild, I don't know if it was 20 or 30 years ago, restored the original uh, writers, you know, like that movie, Trumbo. Trumbo was, you know, and and stuff. And one of the things that I really loved about this movie is to be able to juxtapose a major love story with two Mm -hmm. opposing characters. They couldn't be more opposite. (laughs) Right. Against a political time. Yes. It's such a great way Mm -hmm. to write a movie. And, uh, I thought they did that that really well yeah. of um, she's passionate about a lot of different things. Like you said, starting in college mm-hmm. and then it ends, it's, it's probably mm-hmm. Vietnam war. They're saying, yeah. you know, so, right, right. so, you know, it was probably like 19 early sixties at that point. I love that. I, that idea. And I was always also very fascinated about McCarthyism because in yeah. college, I had seen a documentary on it, on Joseph McCarthy, and uh, his decline of running the country and accusing everybody, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: every star, every person, and and everybody had a tattle on each other, which is what it's about also, particularly in the deleted scenes. So it had so many themes in there yeah. other than the really great love story that, and also doomed love affairs or the yeah. greatest movies, you know, it's Romeo and Juliet. It, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to that. I love that. The doom, the whole time you're going, please be together. Yeah. Please go watch it this time. Yeah, We'll stay <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. This time it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, that's why I wanted to pick something mm-hmm. and I wanted to pick something that I wanted to to show that Mm. scenes editing can change a movie's meaning completely. And I read something fascinating tonight because I was trying to figure out why they took those scenes out I didn't know this. And it was because they previewed it and they didn't like those scenes. It didn't play well. It didn't play well, Mm. yeah. That's interesting. So
0: for the folks who haven't seen the movie, I mean, this is a huge spoiler, but the movie's been out since 1973. So you should have seen it by now. Although this is the first time we've seen it and it was delightful. So the big change is at the end of the film, they break up for what in the theatrical version is, you know, I mean, just a, a different view of life and politics and well, what they believe what
1: well, Yeah. And also he, he does like sleep with another woman. Right. So you do get an impression that that's a big part of why they break up, but it's not
2: yeah. <laughs> really at all. And, yeah. and, and, and Barbara Streisand said yeah. by deleting those scenes, she said, what you said is that, is that you assumed it was because of an affair? I right. never felt that way. I always felt that he was, these people were just too doomed. Right. That's their, what I he felt. He was too, a passionless I mean. person. He really was. And, yeah. and, and she was a person that was always going to find a cause. Mm-hmm. That's right. what, who 100%, she 100%. Yep. Yeah. And that they were just never going to have it easy and they were never going to be happy together. And he also, I felt, especially reading all this stuff, he really had no integrity. You know, yeah. uh, hmm. he, he didn't. Uh, you might say he had different values, the best way to say that, but, <laughs> but, he, but he didn't have integrity. Yeah. Uh, and she had lots of integrity. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, a, there's a line that says that. He, he says to her, are are you still a nice Jewish girl? Mm-hmm. And she says, are you still a nice Gentile boy? And he says, I, she, never, yeah, I never I never was, lied. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he said, you just see things. Mm-hmm. That, that you want to see in somebody because you, yeah. you you love them. So, yeah, there was just, like, so many things in there. I just, ah, I just love, and I love thinking about and talking about. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this movie is so interesting. The directing is so good. Um, it, it's, you know, just so many beautiful shots. Um, and even though it, it, the movie feels like a book and in there are, like, distinct chapters, yeah. like, the first one is such a romantic story. And then once you get to... There's like a transition in the movie that I was like, oh, this movie's over. And it's, you know, an hour in. And I think it's, for me, the transition was when they really get together and they go on this beautiful boat ride. And then they move to California. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the movie shifts into this um, story about McCarthyism mm-hmm. and, you know, them hunting communists and and all this stuff. And I'm like, whoa, this is a different movie. Like like the, the whole, the themes change. And even though that relationship carries through, it, it really is fascinating to watch. I wasn't expecting it, and um, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you know,
2: funny. What I didn't notice before when I watched it this time is they do lay it in in the very first. She's in. The, she's a producer at their radio station, right. and they put in lines. They, yep. they say I never noticed that before. They go, oh, well, you know, we put in our, our subversive lines. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, in something that had it, it had nothing to do. It wasn't yeah. a political show. It was a radio program about some kind of a drama. So, right from the beginning, they they do lay in activism. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and that's yeah, they, my character And they yeah. go to the bar. Remember the scene? They go to the bar. There's the soldiers that are trying yeah. to get in that they're trying mm-hmm. to keep out. And she, she starts with them
1: mm-hmm.
2: too. Yeah. So there's always everything, always is, is through, those, through those eyes. Yeah. Uh, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the other thing that is so interesting to me about it. The other things other than dialogue and action that they use to convey the characters. And this is something that write, especially new writers don't think about, her hair. Yeah. Her hair. So in yeah. the beginning, when you meet her, she has her natural hair, which is curly, whatever. Then she tries to fit into his, I'm gonna say, in quotes, waspy yeah. kind of yeah. world.
0: And she even talks about how she's ironing. I got an iron. It. Yeah. I get
2: an iron in her hair, right? And and every time she's with him, mm-hmm. she looks like that yeah. throughout the entire movie until the end. He says, I like your hair. He goes, You mm-hmm. oh, I'm not iron, you know, not ironing it anymore because she goes back to who she is. Right. But right. The little things like when um, he's sitting outside of a bar, first of all, he's thirty-five in real life, so oldest looking twenty-two-year-old. He's thirty-five, and she was around that too. Yeah, maybe a little younger, which is really funny. But okay, all right. <laughs> and she's the only one walking on this street. Okay, <laughs> and he gets her to cross the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, remember they've had an adversarial sort of yeah. relationship. And what happens is he, he he talks her into having a beer. Yeah, him. and if you notice, what happens is when she takes a sip, she makes noise every time she sips. Yeah, she slurps, kind of. Yeah, yeah, she slurps, yeah. and she does that in the end of the movie too, a little bit yeah. further in. And one of the things, one of the comments that I read was that Robert Redford gave her class, and she gave him sex. <sighs> you know, and it, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's like there are other ways that you can. They had amazing chemistry. Mm -hmm. You don't know if that's gonna happen, but there are other things that you can do to show layers of characters that are in small ways, whether it's their clothing, you only see him in uniforms and different uniforms. Mm -hmm. He had every color uniform. And I heard Sidney Pollack talk about how he shot that. And he said, I wanted it to be as if the camera were in love with him.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can see that.
2: And it was shot that way. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you another great story. My partner and I were writing a pilot and we we're working in a building in, in this area, Century City, that is not anywhere near a studio. But they had a lot of uh, show business kind of entertainment things in this building. And we both always would recite <laughs> lines uh, from the way we were. We both really liked that movie. So we go to get in the elevator and there's a guy getting in the elevator with us. And it's Sidney
0: Pollack. Wow. Along oh my with him.
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really tall building. <laughs> you know, <it's> like <laughs> 20, 20 floors or something. Both of us. We're like, you know, say something, you know, are, <laughs> we couldn't talk to him. We, we didn't say a single word to him, nothing. And, uh, and then he got out and I go, well, why didn't you say something? She goes, I don't know. I couldn't talk. is not me <laughs> either. I, I, it, was, it was the weirdest thing. It was like a whole, and he didn't say anything to us. We're like just standing there. And I, yeah. Yeah. I missed my
1: opportunity. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: That's wild. Cindy, do you have a favorite scene in the movie?
2: <laughs> you know what's really funny? It's shot in, in it's a weird structure, right? So mm-hmm. it's partial fl- it's flashback?
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And then flash forward. Right. Right? So for first you see real first you see her, she yeah. goes into um the you know, the club, the mm-hmm. nightclub and she spots him sitting at the bar sleeping.
0: Yeah, falling asleep. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah, stand, sitting in he's dozed off. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at Robert Redford uh, <laughs> with his white uniform. Mm-hmm. Very shallow. I know you'd like to. <laughs> it's all right.
1: It's all right.
2: But then you you go back to college, right? Yeah. And you see what happens. And then it flashes back to, to, you know, and then you continue the story. Very unusual. Don't know if he wrote it like that. Mm-hmm. The guy who, who, who was credited with writing it, you said there were many writers. I did not know that. Arthur Lawrence also was credited with writing West Side Story. Interesting. Oh, okay. Another Romeo
1: and Juliet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, very similar.
0: Susan, did you have a favorite scene in the movie?
1: Um, There were a lot of good scenes. I liked, I mean, I liked her speech scene in college yeah. uh, where it's she's giving scene. the big speech. Um, of the deleted scenes, I really like when she's driving and she spots the girl on campus who's like the past version of her. I thought that was really powerful and just seeing her reaction to that.
2: You know, it's funny that I read about that scene that you just yeah. mentioned. She's pregnant, remember, in, in that scene. Yeah. And um, she's watching a younger version of herself. But what somebody said in the, when I was reading that I, I guess I didn't realize is that she feels she sold out. Yeah. Mm. You know, she went to the Hollywood thing and mm. and uh, she got the beach house. Right. She's doing all, you know, going to their their parties with the people she hated. Mm-hmm. Even though she commented on it, She she was selling out in that right. way. She left her activism. She wasn't doing any of that stuff. Right. So it was like, oh, I miss that.
1: Yeah. She was even like in that scene, sitting in her sports car with her ironed hair, like wearing her fancy clothes. Like, yeah. I wonder if
0: that was a turning point for her to become back to who she was. Yeah, I think it was was. supposed to be in
1: the original version. Yeah.
0: Back to who she really was.
1: Just really facing like how much she's changed since college and how much she's let Gardner change her to fit what he wanted. Yeah.
0: Interesting. You know, I really liked her portrayal as, you know, like, I mean, this movie was made in the 70s. -hmm. So, I mean, a lot of movies don't hold up well from that era. But this one really Mm -hmm. does because she's an independent woman who... Who ultimately decides to do what she wants, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's uh, you know those themes are, are still relevant yeah, today. Yeah, it's really relatable. My favorite scene was um, after the she goes to Washington and does the march, and then uh, you know they're they're leaving and uh, get into a fight, and um, then they're locked in a room together by the police, and then they have this big fight, mm-hmm. and and it's really about who they are as people, and I thought that scene was so great because it's like that they they're just going at each other and being totally honest, and I thought it was just wonderful. Um, and that felt very real
2: yeah well yeah she goes people are their principles i know all the lines lines to that one also he's he's like everything in the world doesn't happen to you personally but he felt that it did i mean he had some good arguments also Mm
1: right
2: you know why can't you just live life why is everything a battle yeah she can only see the bad and want to make it better i Mm -hmm. mean that you know in in a lot of ways it's of course really unsatisfying because you still want them to be together yeah. um, in that, that last scene, I felt she was the better actress. Yeah. better actor, you know? She, mm-hmm. I thought she was incredible in that. Yeah. And he was just very pretty. Um, yeah. And very, the character was that. It was very surfacy. Right. Um, but I'll tell you something else that's really interesting. So people wanted to see a sequel, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. years later. And many were written. And I had an agent who had a client who wrote one of them. Hmm. And I remember my partner and I said it had, this is so obvious. Okay. So let's say you were going to write a sequel. There is one natural event that would bring them together. Do you know what that would be? A historical
1: event? No. Oh, a personal a event. Personal? hmm Would it have something to do with our daughter? Yeah. Like a wedding. a wedding? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the reason it never got made was they never liked any of the scripts. Okay. Down. So they didn't just didn't want to do a second rate yeah movie which I think was smart just leave yeah.
0: it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you know what's funny so think about it this way it came out in 73. Yeah. And that was when Watergate was going on. So it was another huge yes. Government bugging, mm-hmm. you know, they were spying. They were spying and stuff. So it's like history repeats itself. Yeah. Repeats itself yeah. is
0: certainly relevant for the time it was released.
2: Yeah, yeah. and re- and relevant now with yeah. 100. Okay. <laughs> yes. who's you know recording who and yeah. who does that they're recording and it is it, kind of interesting in that way. That's another yeah. reason why I think I picked it was mm-hmm. I just thought you know we talk all the time about freedom. What is freedom of speech? Yeah. You know what are writers are allowed to say? You could just see how everything has changed so much for writers. You you know you can't say that. No, you can't say yeah. that. Still like that. Mm-hmm. And the way they advertised it was uh Streisand and read for Together Again or something. I don't know, were they in something else? I don't remember. But I still think I have the t-shirt from when I worked in the movie theater.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: And I I still have that. That's cool. Where, yeah, and I got to see it 5,000 times. So (laughs) I need to find a new new favorite movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't, this one's good.
0: we like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Who Am I? Sitcom Edition. In honor of your career, we're going to see how well both of you know careers from well-known sitcoms. Cindy, you're going to be playing against Susan. So here are the rules. I'm going to describe a sitcom character. As soon as you know who I'm describing, shout out the show that they are from. If you're correct, you will get a point. You will also get an additional point if you can name the actual character as well. If you're wrong on the bonus point, the other player will get a chance to steal. I have seven shows and characters for you to identify. The person with the most points at the end of the round will win our prize. So, Susan, what's our prize? Uh,
1: It is some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or something like that. Yeah, we'll we'll send you something in the mail. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited.
0: (laughs) Good. Great. Uh, Susan, are you ready? Yes, ready. Cindy, are you ready? Yeah. Remember, go it. on and shout out the name okay. of the show. Ready. Go ahead inter- and interrupt me whenever you can. All right, your first one. I have three children and a husband. I am the moralistic force in my family, and I often provide a grounding voice in the middle of my family's antics. I live in Springfield, and my disapproving groan...
1: The Simpsons? To- Simpsons.
0: Okay. Oh, that was a tie. That
1: was a tie, Snow.
0: And and obviously, you guys both know who this is. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we both know it's Marge. Yes, it's
0: Marge. All right, (laughs) I'm going to count that as a tie. Nope. Okay. You both get two points. Okay. Number two, I am a staunch libertarian. I love meat, woodworking, hunting. uh, Home improvement. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Susan, do you know who it is? If Uh, you don't, I will keep keep reading the clue. Okay. did i'm gonna start over i'm a staunch print. libertarian mm-hmm. i love meat woodworking hunting whiskey breakfast foods nautical literature and sex this
1: is parks and recreation yes it is and it's ron swanson okay correct that's in your good
0: book. job susan you got two points there no
1: because it's funny when you said uh, woodworking no, See,
0: your guess a was really good. good guess. And then yeah.
2: the real Tim Allen is Republican. Yeah, yeah. no, that was a,
1: good guess. It's a very yeah. good guess. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. <laughs> All right.
0: All right, number three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am known for my wit and my physical comedy. I often get into trouble and I am often caught by my husband. Together we have a son named Little Ricky.
2: Yeah, okay.
0: I love Lucy. Yes. Oh, yeah, And it, of yeah. course the character is
2: is Lucy. Yeah.
0: Yes, of course. Good job, Sydney. That's two points.
2: Yeah, I had it earlier, but I, I wanted to and I wasn't really sure. I was yeah. like, I don't know, but okay.
0: Well done. You guys are tied up at four each. Yeah, okay. All right, number four. Okay. I am a regional manager of a paper supplier.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, the Office?
0: Correct. And the character?
2: Uh, It's Steve Carell. What's his name? Yes. Uh, yeah, the character's name is not Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't um, I
1: don't know the, the character. Uh, Michael Scott. Correct. Yeah. All right,
0: so you guys split that one for a point each. So we're tied still? Tied at oh five. Oh my gosh, this is a
1: tense game. They're not usually, <laughs> this is good.
0: All right, number five. I love making wisecracks, drinking heavily, carousing, womanizing, and pulling pranks on the people around me. I am the chief surgeon of my unit. I use my sense of humor to maintain. Th-
2: oh, uh, mash!
0: Mash is correct. Oh. And who are we talking about? Hawkeye. Yes, very nice. good, Cindy. That's two yes, points. That is mash. All right, two more for you guys. Number six. I have two formerly wealthy parents, a spoiled sister, and a successful business.
2: Uh, family ties. No. I'm
0: um, sorry, that's not correct. Do you have a guess, Susan?
2: Mm-mm.
0: All right, I'll start over then. I have okay. two formerly wealthy parents, a spoiled sister, and a successful business with my partner Patrick. I have a fear of bugs, disorganization, germs, nature, and heights, as well as a general distaste for other people. It's not I wear-
1: SpongeBob is it? SpongeBob?
0: No, but that's a great guess, Susan. Do you have a guess?
1: I don't think. So keep going. Yeah, I want to hear have more. more description. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: I wear almost exclusively black clothes, and I'm very judgy and blunt. I'll give you. I'll give you both a hint. This is a show we've talked about tonight.
2: Yeah, all, wearing all black. Now I forgot what came before it.
0: I run a successful apothecary. Mm-hmm. Oh 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 oh. This is Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek yeah. is correct. And Susan, it's what's the? David. David is correct. All right. So here's the situation. You guys are both tied at oh my seven God. points.
1: Are you done with all the? No, okay. I have one more. Oh, so it's like sudden death. This
0: is sudden death okay. now. All right. So this is very, this is for all of the t-shirts okay. and all of the mugs of which you'll have one or the other, Cindy. <laughs> so good luck. Here's your last one. Number seven. I am the head writer of a TV show. I am constantly trying to... Dirty
2: Rock? Correct!
0: Well done! Of course, who is the character?
1: Liz Lemon.
0: Very good, Cindy. You won with nine points that is correct Liz Lemon that was is a is close game though
1: congratulations <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were well we were well matched yeah. yes
0: absolutely yeah. very well done well Cindy thank you so much <laughs> yes. for chatting with us today this was really yeah, wonderful yeah this was awesome
2: yeah it was great to meet both of you I yeah loved it. it was really nice to meet you it was you. really fun yeah this was like the
1: most creative uh, podcast I've done oh thank you no that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me Susan Swarner
0: and me Ben Bloom.
1: It's executive produced by Michelle Levin.
0: The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSongs.com.
1: The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin.
0: If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com.
1: If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at Lifeinthecredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. In the middle of this, they closed the division.
0: Oh, no. Oh, what?
2: Division. Yeah, they closed the division. You learned soccer.